Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Good evening, America, and welcome to this Just the News, Real America's Voice special report, Gender Identity, Biden Redefines Sex in Schools. I'm your host, John Solomon. Tonight, in partnership with our sponsor, Heritage Action for America, we're going to explore the Biden administration's efforts to overhaul Title IX. Now, that's the landmark regulation that outlaws discrimination in education based on biological sex. But the Biden administration now wants to change the definition of sex to also include sexual orientation and gender identity. In a nutshell, the proposed rule changes from the U.S. Education Department will change how sexual harassment and discrimination is defined and how educational institutions must respond in the future. Additionally, the rule changes will likely include new protections for students who identify as transgender. Over the course of the next hour, we'll be joined by lawmakers, government officials, activists, and female athletes to explore what exactly these rule changes mean for you as a parent and how they could impact your child's experience in the classroom and on the playing field. And here to kick things off is an expert on Title IX, Sarah Parshall-Perry. She serves as a senior legal fellow at the Mies Center for Legal and Judicial Studies at the Heritage Foundation. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, It's great to have you. Now, before we get started, you've really worked in this area for a long time. Can you give us a brief overview of your extensive background? Sure. I uh, was senior counsel to the Assistant Secretary for Civil Rights at the U.S. Department of Education under the Trump administration. And our office was tasked with drafting the interpretive guidance on Title IX after the Bostock versus Clayton County decision. That was the 
opinion from the Supreme Court in 2020 that expanded sex harassment and sex discrimination in the workplace to include gender identity discrimination. And so that was a needle that we had to thread there. I think we did so exceptionally well. We also developed a new rule to ensure due process protections for both accused and accuser in sexual harassment and sexual violence cases. And those were due process protections like the right to call counsel, the right to be cross-examined, the right to submit evidence. So we had both sides of the Title IX debate front and center in much of the work that we did. And we're able to, I believe, really make America's classrooms safer at the K through 12 and at the collegiate level for biological men and women. Yeah, so you leave behind a good plan after the Supreme Court ruling, then the Biden administration comes in and now they're tinkering. In fact, it's probably a little bit more than tinkering. It's a pretty big overhaul. What exactly is the Biden administration trying to do to Title IX right now? Well, actually, on both those issues, we've just discussed the sexual harassment and sexual assault regulations. They are going to be rolled back so that there is a guilty until proven innocent assumption, removing all of the abilities that we put into place to make these sort of quasi-judicial proceedings and to divest government bureaucrats with too much power invested in one Title IX investigator on college campuses. And I think more consequentially for the athletes that are gonna be on the program, they propose to expand the definition of sex to include sexual orientation and gender identity. And because Title IX is written on a sex binary, and it uses language like men and women, boys and girls, each or both, it's very clearly the case that Title IX, which dates back to 1972, we're getting ready to celebrate the 50th anniversary, it's gonna have a significant impact on sex programs, sex-based programs, and sex equality in education. Yeah, these are pretty monumental changes. Now, if you're a parent or you're a student and you're worried about this, what is the next part of the process? What should we be watching for over the next several weeks and months? Well, that's a great question. I am the parent of three teenagers, and I've had to actually simplify this for them as well so that they know that there might be a very impactful change coming. Currently, the rule is with the Office for Management and Budget as part of the administrative review under federal law that these new regulations take from each federal agency. OMB is the last stop before a rubber stamp of approval. Once that happens, it will be sent back to the Department of Education to be published in the Federal Register. And when that happens, we will notice an opening for notice and comment, 30 days at a minimum, for everyone in the country to submit their concerns, their questions, their frustration at this particular rule. And we're hoping that as soon as that pu public portal goes live, if we're not able to slow it down or stop it at the OMB stage, that we can really force this administration to reconsider its efforts to fundamentally redefine sex in education. Yeah, this is a big deal. Now, uh, a lot of times when changes occur in Washington, it's because there's a problem, but was there any indication that the Trump era Title IX policies were not working? No, there weren't at all. In fact, on either forefront, whether it was the Title IX rule that we instituted on the college campus sexual assault proceedings, or whether or not it was the fundamental application of sex-based distinctions under Title IX in K through 12 and higher education, 
None of those were subjected to any criticism whatsoever that there were particular problems. And that's actually something that we've raised in these OMB meetings, indicating that there's no proof and no even statement from the Department of Education justifying such a significant overhaul on two different aspects of Title IX, which has worked to achieve its outcomes, sexual equality, men and women in education for 50 years. So it's not only not needed, it actually complicates the waters on something that's been working very, very well for 50 years. Yeah. Sarah, we got about 45 seconds left. What, if there was nothing broken with the rule, what's really going on with the Biden mystery? Why are they making these changes? I think it's very obviously a craven political attempt to garner capital before the elections in November. I think it's very clear that there's going to be quite a bit of bloodshed uh, during midterms. And I do think that this is an attempt to galvanize a very left-wing progressive political base before it happens. And we are very, very anxious to make sure that Women are not used as political props and that Title IX continues to be applied the way it was always intended to be. Yeah, so important. Uh, just real quickly, if they want to follow the work you're doing, Sarah, what's the best way to stay in touch with you and Her the Heritage Foundation? You can find all my writings at heritage.org or you can follow me on Twitter at Sarah P. Perry. Yeah, such an important issue. We're going to be tracking this all through the night and all through the rest of this year. Sarah, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for having me. Folks, when we come back, Montana Attorney General Austin Knudsen will be here to discuss the initiative he is leading with 15 other states to weaken the federal government's attempt to dismantle Title IX. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these commercial messages. Hey, folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. 
Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back, America. Now, these proposed changes by the Biden administration to Title IX are already receiving pretty good pushback from parents and government officials, including our next guest, the Montana Attorney General Austin Knudsen, who has put together a remarkable coalition to oppose them. Uh, General Knudsen, great to have you on the show today. You bet. Thanks for having me. So you have put together this 15-state coalition to push back on the Biden administration and say, don't mess with Title IX in the way you're thinking of doing it. What is the genesis of this and what's the reaction been to it? Well, the genesis is you've got the Biden administration trying to step in here and roll back uh, what is a really good rule. Uh, the Trump administration in, in May of 2020 came in and did a formal rulemaking, which had never been done before. Uh, this stuff had always been done just informally and, and with guidelines out of the education department. Uh, the Trump administration came in and actually put in due process for allegations of sexual harassment, sexual abuse at schools, whether that's universities or whether that's an, on, in K through 12 public schools. Uh, that has never been done before. And they're great uh, constitutional due process uh, guidelines that, that were put in place. And the Biden administration now wants to come in, take all that out, do an informal rulemaking, roll all that back and go back largely to the way it was under the Obama administration, which was largely no due process kangaroo courts. And that's that's the concern here. Yeah, and we've seen the courts in some cases really roll back certain actions that were taken against students that were just simply unwarranted because of that sort of kangaroo court mentality. Um, obviously, most of the attention has been focused on the, the changes for transgender athletes competing against female bio, biological females. But a lot of the due process is what most parents are concerned about, right? There's a very big concern that if an allegation comes out, that both sides, the victim and that uh, the accused, get that sort of due process and fairness and equal treatment. Why would the uh, Biden administration want to take that away? Well, I think it's pandering to their base. But look, John, it, it's it, it's like this. Imagine if the Biden administration put out guidelines today to every criminal prosecutor in the country that said, hey, you know what? You're no longer going to have due process for accused. You're no longer going to provide a constitutional right to a lawyer. Uh, you know what? The prosecutor is also going to act as the judge and the jury against the accused. That's crazy. But that's exactly what the Obama administration did under Title IX. And that was that was actually headed up by then Vice President Biden. Right. And that's what they're proposing to go back to now. Uh, that, that's literally what they were pushing in 2016. And that's what the Biden administration wants to do now. They, they want to throw out due process. Uh, we have due process in a constitution for a reason in this country. The, the accused have rights as well. And the, the, the system works through. And if you're found guilty, well, then you're guilty. But you are innocent until presumed 
you are presumed innocent until you are found guilty in this country. Yeah. And that's very important. And that's what we're trying to protect here. Yeah. And in these education environments, there could be lots of emotion, a lot of things go on. And so that's why that due process is there for that protection. Now, you, you and your group wrote a letter to Catherine Lehman, uh, the Assistant Secretary of the U.S. Department of Education. You mentioned something very interesting. You, you pointed out that she was the one doing this back in Obama. And now she's back for round two uh, with Biden. Now, what do you think is driving her? What is her role in this flip-flopping that's been going on? Well, she's clearly biased. She clearly has an agenda here. And whether whether it's her personal agenda or, as I said, whether it's coming from President Biden, you know, he was in charge of this under the Obama administration. Uh, I think the result is the same. You've got an official in place here who's got a clear, flagrant conflict of interest. She was involved in this rulemaking before. Uh, she needs to recuse herself and, and, and remove herself from this process right now because she's not being unbiased. Uh, and that's what we need here. So she she should step aside. Yeah, that, that was a really important part of the letter that I think a lot of people uh, grasped onto. Now, if this were to get through, if the administration were to come forward, does your coalition of 15 states, do you take the next step? You go exercise those federalism, those state rights, and you, do you sue, potentially go to court to try to uh, block what's going to happen here? Absolutely. That's not a discussion that we've had formally among the states, but I can tell you that's certainly what Montana will do. Uh, I, I have no trouble believing that a lot of our sister states will join us in that. This is too important of, a, too important of an issue. Title IX was put in place to protect all female sports. I mean, I, that, 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 was, that was one of the abject goals of it. Um, and what this new rule will do, it'll, it'll be a real hindrance to, to women's sports. Um, it, it's also going to have serious implications when you start talking about education that's being taught to your kids. And we've seen those controversies coming out of Florida. Right. We've seen those controversies in a couple other states. And, and you've seen states step, step up and pass their own legislation to combat this. Um, so, yeah, we are absolutely prepared to, to, to sue the administration if they go forward with this. And I, I think that's very likely. Yeah, that's something we're going to definitely be watching. Uh, we got about 90 seconds left. I want to ask this. There, this uh, Title IX change is, is part of a larger culture war that's been going on in America. And we've seen it now play out with the reaction against Disney, uh, the reaction against the fund, the police, the reaction against critical race theory in schools, and now this uh, in Title IX and women athletics. Do you think the tide is turning? Do you think the base of America, middle America, the good Montanans of the world, are, have sent a large enough message to Washington now that, hey, you keep going down this path, we're fighting back. It's not a free pass anymore. Uh, are we at that tipping point, you think? I think the sleeping giant has been woken up, John. Uh, I don't think the Biden administration is listening. I think they're going to push forward uh, regardless. I mean, we, we've seen whether it's on this issue, on energy issues, on foreign policy, they're interested in pandering to their coastal elites. Um, so I, I don't think they're going to stop what they're doing. But look, it's issues like this. Joe Biden has single-handedly been the best proponent for, for school choice in this country that we've had in probably 30 years. Yeah. You've got a lot of parents who are now paying attention. They're going, whoa, what's going on with our schools? What's coming out of the federal education department? Um, and that that's the reason that we're seeing such a push for school choice in this country. So I, there's there's upside to this, too. Uh, but unfortunately, I just don't see the administration backing off of these radical policies. I think they're just going to keep pushing forward with them. 
Yeah, well, that's what makes the great work that you and your other attorneys general in this country have been doing. They've been fighting in the courts and reversing a lot of things that have turned out to be unlawful. And uh, I think we have a, another battle on our hands, too, with Title IX. General Knudsen, it's an honor to have you on the show today. Thanks for all the work you're doing. Hey, you bet. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. All right, folks, when we come back, we'll be joined by Kansas State, Kansas State Senator Renee Erickson. Stay tuned. We have a lot more to discuss about the Title IX right after this commercial break. Hey folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.US slash Just News. That's AMAC.US forward slash Just News. Welcome back, everybody. All across this country, there's a pushback now against some of the woke policies affecting education, whether it's Title IX or parental rights. And nowhere is that more true than in the great state of Kansas, where our next guest joins us, State Senator Renee Erickson, who's been leading that fight in Kansas for quite some time. Senator, great to have you on the show today. Thank you. It's great to be with you, John. This has been a momentous week. You were right there. You created the Fairness of Women's Sports Act. You've been pushing it for a couple of years. The governor, a Democrat, Laura Kelly, vetoes it. There's also been uh, the Parental Rights Act. Uh, this week, 
the Kansas Senate took some pretty big action. Tell our audience what happened this week in, in the Senate chamber. I'm happy to, and I'm happy to report that after, as you said, a long, hard fight for fairness in women's sports, we were able to get that done. We overrode the governor's veto 28 to 10 today. We needed 27 votes. So very excited that that happened. That will ensure that Kansas girls and women have a level playing field when it comes to sports competition. So the governor vetoed it last year. This year, we were able to override that veto. It will now go to the House, where we will work hard to make sure that we get it overridden in the House, and uh, then we'll have those protections in place for girls. Yeah, on the, I'm sorry, go ahead, John. No, that's momentous. Just a momentous moment in the Senate. Yes. Yeah. Um, on the Parents' Bill of Rights, that was the bill we brought this year, just reaffirming that parents are the most important educator in their child's lives and uh, affirming the right that they have uh, to know what is being taught in schools, that there's a process for questioning that. And I am very excited to uh, let everyone know that we overrode the governor's veto of that bill as well today. And so great policy for parents, great policy for, for kids today, and I'm very excited to be a part of that. Yeah, Middle America speaks with one voice. It's really been a remarkable journey. And I know this wasn't easy. I know a lot of work went into this. As you step back, at what point did this system turn around? You know, when we see the Title IX issues, when we see uh, the uh, parental issues at school boards, when did uh, education bureaucrats say, you know what, you're no longer in charge of your kid's education. If I want your daughter to compete against a biological male, they're going to compete. If I want to teach them critical race theory or something else, I'm in charge here. When did that uh, mindset start to seep into our great education system? Yeah, great question, John. And this has been a long process. I was a public educator for 20 years before I ran for the legislature. And I can tell you 20 years ago, this was not the case. However, it has been slowly being implemented, um, I think, in curriculums, in classrooms. And it sounds very reasonable how they frame it. Yeah. However, we've gotten to the point now that parents, their authority is being usurped by uh, the public school system, and we should be partners in public education. However, at the end of the day, the school system is designed to meet the needs of the students, and parents are the authority in their students' lives. And I don't know if you're familiar with the situation that just occurred in Oklahoma, but a I teacher have. went on video saying, you know, if your parents don't like what you're doing, if they don't agree with how you want to live your life, um, I'll be your new parent. And so, Unfortunately, we've seen that mentality creep in, and the bill that we passed today in Kansas simply affirms the right of parents to be the primary decider in the moral and educational upbringing of their children, common sense. And so I, I'm glad we got that done, and, and believe you me, it's not the end of it because we're in a bigger fight, and we will continue to fight for parents' rights. Yeah, it's not only a common sense victory, it's a popular victory. 88% of Kansas parents said that they agreed they should have the primary say in their child's education. So you're meeting those constituents' uh, wishes with that. I want to turn to a second. Obviously, there's been some big victories in states, whether it's Kansas, uh, Florida, uh, a lot of big changes here. But at the federal level, Joe Biden is trying to tinker with the Title IX uh, policy, which, by the way, has been very successful in bringing women's sports on par with men's sports want to make a lot of changes. How concerned are you? We've got about a minute left. How concerned are you that Joe Biden at the federal level may try to undo what the states are putting into place? 
Well, sadly, we know that they will use any means at their disposal to further their ideology and their agenda. Um, but we're on to them. Parents are on to them. Parents are engaged. If anything positive happened from the pandemic, it's parents woke up and they're seeing what's going on and they don't like it. And so you're right. It was the grassroots effort that pushed this forward. It was the difference between last year and this year, John. And sure, the Biden administration, they're going to come at us. But I think the Supreme Court ruling in Bostick made it abundantly clear that ruling was about employment law, not education. And we will fight back. Yeah, there's no, no doubt. And uh, that you have in Kansas. It's a remarkable set of victories this week. And next week, we'll watch the House and see what they do. we got about 30 seconds left. What's the best advice you have for your other fellow legislators in other states who might be considering doing what you just did? Um, know that you're on the right side of this issue. Be persistent. Um, form those relationships with the people you need to and depend on the grassroots. Um, parents are engaged. And uh, we need that voice in the legislature. We need that in public education. So um, just persist. We, yeah. we might lose it one day, but we'll come back and, and we'll be successful the next. Uh, that's clearly what Kansas has shown, persistence in the grassroots. How about that? Senator, congratulations on a great victory. And thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, John. Yeah, great honor to have you on. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, a little bit more discussion on Title IX. We're not quite done yet. Stay tuned. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch. Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, folks, welcome back. Now that we've heard from some lawmakers and experts on what the consequences of the Biden administration's proposed rule changes to Title IX would have on female athletes, you know what? I think it's a good idea to hear from the athletes themselves, get their thoughts on having to compete against transgender females. Joining us now are two student athletes to give us their perspective on this matter. Please welcome Macy Petty and Chloe Satterfield. Chloe, Macy, great to have you on the show. Thank you. Hi, thank you so much. Yes. Yeah, great to have you guys. Chloe, I'm going to start with you and your experience. You were playing tennis in high school against a transgender female. What was that experience like, both from a physical and a mental standpoint? Yeah, so I was a varsity tennis player all four years of high school, and I competed against a transgender female, and I lost. Um, 
for me, you know, I wasn't a scholarship athlete, wasn't in part of the NCAA, but it was still a pretty, you know, tough loss. It's no one wants to lose when you're competing in sports. I mean, that is the entire point of sports is to win. And part of the fun is being able to compete in a fair competition to, you know, see what your skill set is against someone of the same level. And, and during that match, I mean, I figured out pretty early on that the playing field was not very fair. Uh, this athlete was stronger than me, faster than me, more agile than I was. There are just differences that I couldn't make up for. And I had been training my entire life at a high performance academy. We had spent thousands of dollars for, on training, for weight training, all kinds of different training. And there was really just nothing I could do. And, you know, at the end of the day, I lost and I took it with a grateful heart. You know, I'm glad to be out there on the court, but it was definitely uh, a strange experience. I mean, I got over it and I can't imagine what a college athlete would feel like in that kind of situation. But I mean, and it really just goes to show that no matter how much money or training you pour into yourself, at the end of the day, when you're competing against someone like that, there's nothing you can do. And it was pretty disheartening. Um, you know, that was a few years ago, actually. But I, I mean, I still hold on to that. Yeah, no, biologics matter. There's no doubt about it. Macy, you're currently an NCAA collegiate athlete. I can't imagine the amount of hours you've had to put in to get where you are today. Describe to our audience how hard you had to work to earn your scholarship and what your thoughts are about the idea of having to compete against someone born as a biological male competing as a, a transgender female for your spot. Yes, sir. I mean, the hours have been countless. There have been conditioning tests and doing everything I can to increase my vertical, you know, uh, weight training, speed training, all of those things, even doing things like changing my diet to make sure I'm fueling my body correctly. All of these things um, just to have one more advantage on the court, you know, uh, I know that there are so many other girls in my conference fighting to do the exact same thing. And you look at people who their vertical is so much higher than mine just because of biology. Um, I think it's a really important thing to note that a men's volleyball net is seven inches higher than a female's net. And that doesn't have to do with any personality trait that might be characterized uh, with with male or masculinity, uh, but because of biological facts and uh, the advantages that are given to you when you are born male. Um, so having someone playing on a net seven inches shorter than they should be as a biological male, it's very disheartening. Um, as a female athlete, like I said, I've worked really, really hard to get where I am today. And so to see people using these advantages, um, to just take advantage of all the hard work that all of these girls have been put in um, and have scholarships taken from them, championships taken from them. Like I know how much these things mean and the hours that they have put in. And um, just being taken advantage of, it's it's really heartbreaking. Yeah, no, so many athletes have expressed that now. I think we're beginning to understand the consequences. Macy and Chloe, you both are ambassadors of Young Women for America, and you both took part in a rally at Georgia Tech where the NCAA D1 Women's uh, Swimming and Diving Championship was being held. I think Leah Thomas was there. What was that experience like? Chloe, so let's start with you. Yeah, so I was one of the people that helped organize that rally at Georgia Tech. It was definitely a stressful experience. Uh, you know, it's really hard to mobilize people, especially with an issue like this that's so controversial. And it shouldn't be controversial. But I think people are scared to speak up because they think that there's going to be this, you know, cancel culture that's just going to destroy their futures if they speak out about this. So the main issue we had was just getting people to come out. But we had a great turnout in the end. Um, and all of that hard work and stress was completely worth it. We stood out. Outside of the campus rec center for 
multiple hours in the heat. Um, and moms and dads and siblings of these female swimmers were coming out and some of them were in tears. You could just tell that they were so like upset about Leah Thomas's participation in this competition. And they would come up to us, they'd shake our hands, they'd pat us on the back and they would just thank us, you know, thank you for being out here. There, it feels like there's nobody fighting for us. So as a student um, on campus there, you know, it was certainly encouraging to know that there are people that support us because there were protesters right across the street yelling at us. But at the end of the day, knowing that we're doing something good for these families and for these athletes was all worth it. Yeah, it had to be. Um, Macy, how about you? What was that like? Yes, sir. Um, I would say heartbreaking is an understatement um, just because as a female athlete, I know how much these girls have been working for this. Um, and these parents have watched these girls fight for this probably from a very young age. Um, and I have never been anywhere close to a national championship. So I know um, how much it means to them to even be able to participate um, in the race and they knew that they lost before they even walked in just because it was stolen from them, you know? And, um, you know, you look at swimmers like Leah Thomas, who used to be ranked, what, 472 in the nation and now number one in women's swimming. And they, they knew that they lost before they even walked in, despite probably 10, 15 years of hard work for this very day. And so, like Chloe said, we watched the heartbreak in these girls' eyes as they were leaving and the parents, they were all supporting us because no one could watch what happened in that arena and walk out and say that this is okay or that this is liberation and this is what America is about. You know, they knew that this was wrong and that these girls were products of injustice and that some somebody has got to stand up and speak up about this. Yeah, and that's what you guys have done. And I think a lot of people are rallying around you Chloe, was there any point when you were competing and you ultimately lost to a transgender female that you felt unsafe or uncomfortable? I mean, is there any moment of awkwardness in, as that competition is going on? I mean, I would say the only awkwardness is just the fact that they know what they're doing isn't right. I mean, even if they think that they're a female, at the end of the day, they know that they have biological advantages over us. And so I don't, I wouldn't say I felt unsafe. Um, I was never in a locker room with this individual. If that was the case, I would certainly feel uncomfortable, and I would, I would fight that till the day I left the competition. I mean, that's unacceptable. But at the end of the day, they know, and they know what they're doing. And regardless of whether or not they feel bad about it, there's that tension there when you're competing against someone like that. You know, like I am here for the right reasons, and I worked for this, and you're stealing this from me. And I think that at the end of the day, they do recognize that, and that's where that awkwardness comes from. Sure. I'm sure that's right. We got about 90 seconds left. Macy, you testified recently in support of Tennessee's Save Women's Sports Bill. What compelled you to do that? Um, well, so I originally testified in South Carolina twice. And then uh, through my participation with Young Women, Young Women for America, I was given the opportunity again in Tennessee, which I just couldn't turn down. You know, women's sports is something that I hold so near and dear to my heart. And, and it has given me the educational opportunities that I have today because of my uh, scholarship. And so the threat of that for the future generations and my daughters is very disheartening. And so I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that that doesn't happen. Um, so any girls that might be watching this, it's not as scary as that looks, um, especially if you have an organization like Young Women for America who help you every step of the way. Um, I really encourage you guys to speak up because this is what these um, policymakers need to hear. They need to hear the girls who this is affecting the here and the now um, and that these opportunities we're not going to let them be taken away from us. Yeah, 
such an important thing. We got about 30 seconds left. Real quickly, if you had one piece of advice for other female students, what would it be? We'll start with you, Macy. Uh, yeah, so as an NCAA athlete, I am very scared of the NCAA and the power that they have over me because of my scholarship. And I would just say, I like I said, I don't want future generations um, for this opportunity to be jeopardized. And so I would encourage you, despite how scared you are, speak up because yeah. your voice needs to be heard. Chloe, do you agree? Yeah, completely. I mean, we have a responsibility to fight, so don't be afraid. Stand up for what you know is true. I know your families must be very proud of you. You're articulate, you're brave, and uh, you've got bright futures ahead of both of you. Macy, Chloe, thank you so much for joining us today. Folks, stick around. We'll be right back after the commercial break. A lot more discussion to be had. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. back, everybody. Joining us right now is a true champion of collegiate women's athletes, uh, Senator Marsha Blackman for the great state of Tennessee. Senator, great to have you on the show. It's good to be with you. Thank you so much. You have been championing Title IX in uh, fairness and women in sports for a very long time. We just heard earlier in the show from a show from a uh, Trump Education Department uh, official who said the Biden administration is trying to fix something that's not broken, that these changes with Title IX are not really necessary. What do you think is really going on with the Biden administration? What the Biden administration is trying to do is to change gender definitions. And what they would end up doing is ending the ability for women to be able to compete and succeed and win when it comes to sports. Title IX was put into place so that there would not be discrimination against women in sports. And look at the doors of opportunity that it has opened for women, whether it is college softball or tennis or golf. You look at the number of collegiate golfers that go on to the LPGA. You look at the opportunities for track and field events and some of the women who have built their careers around going forward with track and field events after the Olympics, women that have become star athletes as gymnasts and then have had brilliant careers because of what is there. Also, 
You look at the way it has inspired young women to learn how to work together as a team, learn how to compete. And John, I will tell you that today, as I speak, there are thousands of young girls in Tennessee that are on the playground with a basketball, shooting hoops, or they jump off the school bus and they run to the end of the driveway, they grab that ball, they are shooting hoops because one day they want to play for the Lady Vols at the University of Tennessee. Now that's about dreaming big dreams. And Title IX has opened those doors of opportunity so that for these young girls, those dreams come true. And if Biden administration is successful in changing Title IX, what they're going to do is end that opportunity, end those dreams that those girls have as they're out running that 1600 meter, that 800 meter, as they are running that track at their high school, dreaming about one day being a true global competitor, being an Olympic athlete. Yeah, such so much to aspire for. So many gains have been made in the last half century. You recently had a chance to talk to a, a champion swimmer, Riley Gaines. She had to compete against Leah Thomas recently. What was that personal uh, experience like and what sentiments did she convey to you? One of the things that I took away from that conversation with her was that sense of disappointment that she was not given the credit. She tied for fifth place in, in her heat and tied with Leah Thomas and the trophy was given to Leah Thomas and because they didn't have two trophies. So the NCAA chose to give the trophy to Leah and Riley was standing there empty handed. I don't know if they've ever mailed the trophy to her. They said they were going to mail her trophy to her, but this was her moment also and to treat them unequally, I, I think was just a source of disappointment. And she swims for University of Kentucky. It had to be a source of disappointment for them also. So this is, if you're going, you need to treat people equally and fairly. And the NCAA, because they have chosen not to address the issue of biological males competing with biological females, you end up with situations like this. And John, I, I, I fault uh, the NCAA and their leadership and their committees for not stepping forward and supporting Title IX and not stepping forward and addressing women's competition in sports. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's kind of hidden behind a rock for the last six months or a year. Yes. Um, this is part of a larger culture war, and I think you created perhaps the most memorable moment in the recent Supreme Court uh, nomination hearings for Judge Jackson. You asked her, could she define a woman? And she couldn't. 
what has happened to America that the culture wars have become so crazy that we can't even give a definition of one? we got about two minutes left, uh, Senator. Yeah, you know, and uh, while I was home over over the Easter break, I heard so much from people about this that they were just uh, astounded that she would not. And of course, this was part of a series of questions that dealt with woke education, a woke kindergarten program that taught five and six-year-olds to choose their gender. I couldn't get an answer from her there. I moved on to asking her about Justice Ginsburg's decision in the ruling on the case U.S. versus Virginia about VMI and women being admitted to our military academies. And Justice Ginsburg had said there were enduring differences between male and female. I couldn't get her to answer me if she agreed with Justice Ginsburg. So I asked if she could give me the definition of the word woman because I was moving on to talk about Title IX and talk about women having to compete against biological males. That is an issue that will end up before the Supreme Court at Absolutely. some point, sure. So I wanted to see where she was on that, and I was really quite surprised that she would not give an answer, but it shows you how far left they are pushing and how they're trying to erase the word woman. And not have that as a part of our lexicon, not have Title IX to open these doors of opportunity for children, not having those protections around women so that they have an equal footing to compete and be a part of, uh, of competition, a That's part so nice. of And what it would do is open the door. Let's say you've got a women's lacrosse team that ends up being made up of biological males or a women's softball team or a tennis team or a swim team. And this is what the future could hold if the Biden administration gets their way. And you're exactly right, John Solomon. This is a big part of the culture war that the left is carrying out against the American people. And has that potential to demoralize the next generation of young women. Senator, you've been such a champion for all those women in college sports. I know they're glad to have you in the corner. Thanks for joining us today. Happy to be with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, folks, stick around. We'll be right back with another special guest. Uh, This time from Heritage Action for America, right after these commercial messages. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.
Welcome back, everybody. Boy, I was just thinking about what Senator Blackburn said, that women's sports as we know them in collegiate athletics is about to be changed if Biden has his ways. What a profound thought. Well, we got a perfect guest to wrap up the show today. She's been on here many times before. She's the executive director of Heritage Action for America, our sponsor and partner for tonight, Jessica Anderson. Jessica, great to have you on. Thanks, John, for having me. Great to be here. It's a, it's a great conversation we've been having, a candidate one. And I want to ask you straight up, if these Title IX changes take effect, if the Biden administration manages to get these regulations changed, what is life going to be like for young girls and young women in college sports? So it's incredibly unfortunate what the Biden administration has put forward with this proposed rule for Title IX, which would actually add gender identity and sexual orientation to the Title IX regulations. So what that means, John, is that any federal school that receives federal programming would then be forced to require men to share women's sports, locker rooms, bathrooms, any sort of mixed gender facilities um, would now include men. So it's essentially an attack on women, and it's certainly an attack on women's sports, um, if these Title IX proposed rules were to go forward, like we think they will sometime this May. Yeah, a lot of people are watching this. And uh, you've been the field general for so many important grassroots efforts, whether it was the Georgia election integrity efforts, uh, build, uh, defeating Build Back Better. What can everyday Americans, what can their grassroots do over the next 30 days or months to try to make a difference, to try to stop this if they so want to do so? Well, the good thing is, is that this rule can be stopped, or at least it can be slowed down, John. So if you go to saveourschools.com, we'll have a portal up where parents, activists all across the country can actually provide comment to the rulemaking process and voice their concern. Talk about how this Title IX rule would completely upend and go to war against women, against girls' sports, our sanctity and safety in bathrooms and locker rooms. Submit those comments. The goal here is that we would slow the rule down and not allow it to be implemented. And hopefully that will then not only slow the process, but when this rule eventually ends up in court, there will be hundreds of thousands of activist comments opposing this reg that then can be used to justify the opposition if this ends up in court. So there's a lot parents can still do, a lot activists can do. Visit SaveOurSchools.com to take action today. Yeah, it's a pretty easy thing to remember, Save Our Schools. That's pretty good. Um, this is obviously part of a much larger culture war that the left has been imposing on America, uh, whether it's critical race theory, the transgender uh, teachings. Uh, mm -hmm. What is going on and has America begun to create, uh, stiffen its back and say enough is enough? We've seen it with Disney, with Ron DeSantis in Florida. Mm -hmm. Are we reaching a tipping point in this culture war? Well, the Biden administration has waged an all out war on all of our American institutions, our families our businesses, our children, and this latest wave of woke ideology that's going after women's sports, it's going out after the very definition of what a woman is, is just indicative of how far left or how woke the left and progressive agenda has become. And so parents are stepping up, they're standing out, they're going to the microphone and they're saying enough is enough, let our kids learn, take the indoctrination, take critical race theory, takes this Marxist view of the world out of our schools, out of our curriculum, out of our sports, and let kids be kids. And so I am empowered by parents across the country. I'm encouraged by it, John. And I think the momentum is going back in our direction 
to let kids learn and get this silly indoctrination that is ruining America out of our classrooms. Yeah, there's no doubt. Now, you've had a lot of chance to talk to parents, to be on the front lines with them as they go through the training, get to learn what you're doing at Save Our Schools. What's the most important advice you can give to a parent, a grandparent, a guardian who wants to get this issue right and stop what's going on in Washington? It's very simple, John. See something, say something. If you see something that looks a little bit off in your child's curriculum, that book that they bring home, their syllabus, say something. Raise it to the teacher. Raise it to the principal. If you're not getting the answers you deserve as a parent, then we can walk you through how to issue a FOIA request. Pull that information forward. Have more transparency from the schools so that that way we have enough um, we have enough support to go to state legislatures like what was just done in Virginia, in Florida, that put parents back in the driver's seats of their kids' education. So the number one rule, see something, say something. If you're a parent of a school-aged kid, get involved in your children's education, know what they're learning, and ensure that it lines up with your, val with your values. And thankfully, John, there's a community of activists, of parents all across the country that want to help. Heritage Action is pulling these resources and people together through the Save Our Schools effort, and we'd love to have anyone that's watching tonight's program join us. Yeah, it's definitely the ultimate toolkit, saveourschools.com, folks. Check it out. Jessica, always great to be partnered with you on these specials and to have you on for all your wisdom. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me, John. All right, folks, it's hard to believe, but the hour passed by so quickly. That pretty much wraps up tonight's special. Now, many thanks to our sponsor, Heritage Action for America, for making tonight's event possible, and to Real America's Voice for giving us this great platform to have a candid conversation. We have to have these conversations. Too many people in Washington are pushing them aside. Title IX is going to have profound effects on your daughter, your granddaughters, the children next door to you. That's why so many people are beginning to focus on it. And that's why we had the conversation tonight. We're so grateful you spent the time with us here. We're committed to getting you facts and leaving you to make up your own mind. We hope we helped with that a little bit tonight with the conversation we just had. And with that, I will say good night and may God bless you in this great country of America as we always have. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite. You and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z -Pak. The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. 
On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, expert politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.